Another slow start for Boston College as they fall behind and they are not able to keep up with Syracuse. We'll recap that game. Also, a transfer for the Boston College football team. We'll get into all of this and much more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Let's jump into this basketball game. On Tuesday night, Boston College hosted Syracuse for their game on uh, the ACC Network, and it was a slow start for the Eagles as they fall behind really quickly against a good shooting Syracuse team that had... um, Cole Swider really kind of hitting some big shots. He was hitting shots from way outside, and BC fell behind real real quick, real early. Well, BC started to come back. They brought it within eight points in the second half, but it wasn't enough. Now, they the, watching this game, there's a few things that really stick out with the Eagles, and it's stuff that we've talked about all season long. Their inability to shoot deep. Now, they have one guy, I feel, that is a consistent deep shooter for BC who can hit that three-pointer, and that was Brevin Galloway. He, you know, he's been hit or miss, and, whoo, man, was he a miss on Tuesday. One for 12 from uh, three-point range. He's got a new haircut, too, which, uh, if you recognized, uh, remember the old Brevin Galloway, he's got kind of, he had, like, the moppy hair, like, kind of longer. It's completely shaved now. Couldn't I almost didn't recognize him, but he went one for twelve. He had a t- a tough game. One for thir- twelve or one for thirteen. Really, really tough game. The star of the game was Jaden Zachary. Jaden Zachary had eighteen points for the Eagles. Um, really good. Um, in, in terms of getting to the bucket, like when Boston College next year gets some more shooters to to surround Jaden Zachary, you're gonna see this kid really flourish because he is not the number one he should not be the number one option on any offense right he's not that dynamic in terms of like he can't take over a game but man you put him in behind a few other guys say like Prince of League B and Donald Hand and or or Prince of League B and De- DeMar Langford or Gianni Thompson next year that is where he's going to shine because he is the perfect like number three option for that offense uh, but he had to be the number one and it just wasn't working Quinton Post also had a good game James Karnick did not. Um, the defense, I mean, for the most part, I thought the defense looked pretty good. You know, there was they ended up letting up 73 points, but that was because they kind of just extended it near the end. Um, they lost 73-64. Syracuse shot about 40% from the field, 45% from three-point range. This is That's the thing with the Syracuse team. I mean, every year it seems like they, they just add more and more three-point shooters. They had Joe Girard, who we've seen before. He had 19 points. He led... Uh, he was second on the team, sorry, behind Cole Schweider. Uh, Schweider went 5-for-8, Gerard 3-for-5, and then the Beheim brothers. One of the Beheims, um, Buddy Beheim really struggled. He had 14 points but only shot 2-from-9 uh, from three-point range. So, you know, what do you take from this game? I thought BC, you know, again, they're doing the best, I think, from what they have. They're not the most talented team. Like, you look at this roster, up and down the roster, who is the number one scorer on that team? Like, who do you look at? If you're if you're talking about Boston College and you're like, oh, this is the score, they don't have one. Makai Ashton-Lankford's good, 
but he's like a number two score. DeMar Langford is right now a three or four score. He's he's not the most consistent score. They don't have one right now. And the system is there. I like the system that Earl Grant has got. I mean, if you watched it on TV, the announcers were just talking nonstop about Earl Grant being so engaged with that defense. I love that. I love the fact that he's kind of, you know, he's diving in with the guys and he's really focused on that. It's just that he needs to get more of his guys in. So next year, he's got four recruits coming in. You hope to see Gianni Thompson figure out something because, man, he has not, you have not seen much of him. He did not play at all in this game. Um, his usage has been really interesting. I'm not sure what the deal is. I've heard, you know, he's a freshman. They're kind of easing him in, but then they ease him in and then they pull back again. Um, you love to see him play a little bit more, but I don't know. It is what it is, right? Um, so next game for Boston College basketball is against Duke on Saturday. That's a huge game for the Eagles. Obviously, it's a ranked team. They're coming off a loss. Uh, they just lost to UVA in a big game on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, on Monday, um, they're gonna be they're gonna be hungry. But I, you know, I, I get a feeling that that'll be one of those few games that Conti Forum does sell out. That there's gonna be a packed audience there. They're gonna be totally pumped about this. Packed stands, excuse me. Um, but it's a loss. Boston College drops to four and eight in the ACC. Uh, there's not really much else to talk about from this game. Like good fight at the end. I thought that you know. They had those moments where they were really close to coming back. Like you could sense it, and then Swider would hit a three, or or Gerard hit a three, and that would just put be the dagger, and that was it. And um, good fight from the guys, and um, they'll go against Duke on Saturday. So, in a moment, we're gonna look at a potential transfer that Boston College has been connected to. It sounds like they're in really good shape. Now let's chat about my good friends over at Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. I'm never good at them. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I'm actually enjoying eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out one of the best Built Bars, best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they are so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yep, Puffs included with 100% cut real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these because they have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. These are great flavors, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming up all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It'll be delicious, and it'll be good for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is AJ Black. Locked on Boston College. Hope you guys are all doing well here on Wednesday. It is hump day, and it is time to talk the transfer portal because we actually have news to talk about as Boston College is reportedly in the hunt for a transfer. I know. Ring the bells. It sounds impressive. I mean, Boston College landed two transfers already, but this is a name that might actually get some excitement going. And that name is George Takax. I hope I have his name right. Takax, Takax, T-A-K-A-C-S. 
He's a tight end from the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And this, the combination of where he's coming from and a positional need make a lot of sense. And here's why. Takax played for Notre Dame. Who was Notre Dame's tight end coach up until last week? That would be John McNulty, Boston College's new offensive coordinator. So he's a guy that is very connected to Takax. Now, why would Boston College need him? Boston College just graduated Trey Berry, their pass-catching tight end. Now, they've got some interesting names that are coming up after him. Joey Lucchetti is a solid tight end. I don't think he's uh, super, like, you know, he's going to be elite like Hunter Long or even Trey Berry, but he can do the job. Spencer Witter, more of a pass-blocking tight end, and... To be fair, we haven't seen what Charlie Gordonier can do. Heard he's a pass catcher, but we have not get got to see what he can do in a game yet because he's been kind of lower on the on the on the uh, death chart. So, Takax could be a nice piece because he's a graduate student. I was actually looking up some stories on him, and uh, Notre Dame um, on Rivals had an interesting article from previous season uh, with a quote from former head coach Brian Kelly. This was before he was making a fool of himself dancing at LSU. And here's his quote. He said, he's now in a position where he can compliment the office, former Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly said. His mindset is, I can contribute. I'm not going to be Michael Meyer, and that's not who I am, but he's a big physical kid. He plays physical at the line of scrimmage. He's a guy who's going to help us as an inline blocker. He's a guy who has some talent catching the football. Now, I reached out to Brian Driscoll, who is a part of the SI Fan Nation Network. I talked to him a lot about Notre Dame, Boston College stuff. He was the one that talked to me a little bit about Nick McNulty. He also gave me the scoop on Phil Dracovic when he first transferred over. He said that, you know, although um, uh, Takax only has, I think, like seven or eight catches total his whole career. I think he had three all of last year. He had three receptions for 36 yards and a touchdown. He said he has the potential and talent to be a pass catcher. This is a four-star recruit uh, out of high school many years ago. They called him Old Bantacax in that same article. Um, he's been around for a long time. He just has not had the the experience to play. Now, he obviously has the talent if he's a four-star recruit. But when you're playing in Notre Dame's tight end room, when you had guys like Michael Meyer and there's other tight ends that are very, very good, sometimes you get lost in the shuffle, Right? And sometimes those guys just need a new uh, lease on life, a new set of a new experience to go play somewhere else. And that is what he's going to possibly get. Now, there's other schools that are interested in him as well. I heard LSU is definitely sniffing around, which makes a lot of sense because it's Brian Kelly down there. Um, but I've heard Boston College is the, the odds on favorite. And we could be finding out soon enough who he uh, if he's going to come to Chestnut Hill. So, you know. It's interesting for this transfer because next year there is no real number one tight end. You know, Joey Lucchetti definitely slides in as a nice backup. He did, he did a nice job when Barry was down. But if you get a good tight end, if this Takax can actually turn into a pass-catching veteran tight end and it's a system that he understands, that could be a real asset for them. So this is a good first step, hopefully, for Boston College. As I said before, they have two other transfers that have already transferred to BC. That's Dino Tomlin. He's a wide receiver and son of Mike Tomlin, the Pittsburgh Steelers' great uh, head coach. And Regan Terry, who's also a son of a BC staffer, um, uh, who uh, Reggie Terry, excuse me, couldn't think of his name. And he is a defensive lineman, four-star as well. So, you know, Jeff Halfley has said all along that he is going to pick and choose where he goes in the portal. And if this is number three, 
that's pretty much around where you'd expect him to be. Like, I expect maybe he looks at one more defensive lineman. I know Terry is a, a freshman or a redshirt freshman, so he's not going to be a guy that I don't think contributes right away. Maybe they go for finding, try to find a veteran defensive lineman as well. But Takax also fills a need because I said, you know, you got a tight end that you, you want a guy that can catch, and if he can do it, he can't. He can do it. If the uh, the kids beat him out in camp, I'm sure Halfley's going to give the job to whoever is best fitted. So we'll have to see. Um, it's an interesting little um, side story here that it's uh, someone that knows McNulty, and I'm sure McNulty knows this kid inside and out and knows what his strengths are and what the untapped potential is going to be. Because if you're a pass-catching tight end in Notre Dame and you're behind Michael Meyer, good luck. That's baby, baby Gronk is what they call him, and for good reason. He had like 76 catches last year. Really, really good top-end talent. Um, and so Takax, even if he was good enough, probably wouldn't have ever seen the field all, all that much anyways. So we'll have to wait and see what Boston College does there, but that's our little story on the transfer portal. Now, in my final segment, I'm going to talk more hockey again. And the question some fans have been bringing up is, is it time for Jerry York to move on? But it's Super Week, brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than on the Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Bengals, and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game. Speaking of the big game, BetOnline has got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has got you up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL boxing, UFC, along with live, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Head on over to BetOnline, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. Now, when you talk Boston College athletics, who is the one coach that most people, I would say 90% of people would say is the most successful Boston College coach of all time. If you ask any fan of Boston College sports, 90% would probably say Jerry York. He's the all-time winningest coach in college hockey. He's got over 1,000 wins. He's the all-time winningest coach for BC. You know, he's won countless championships with Boston College, put a ton of guys in the NHL. You know, he's got Hobie Baker winners. He's got countless bean pots. I mean, you can go up and down his credentials to, to show that even at his age, you know, he's now 76 years old. Even with his age, he's still one of the top coaches in college college hockey. But Boston College is now on an 0-9 slump. They haven't won a game in 2022. They got one point in an overtime loss to Providence. But they just lost in the bean pot. They lost last week to UMass Lowell. The team looks a little rusty. And you could easily say, watching them, that there's some major issues going on there, but you could also take a, a bigger approach and look and say, okay, well, you know, there's these guys in the Olympics, you know, you have four guys, three guys in the Olympics, you had a, all of your scoring and your starting goalie leave last year, Spencer Knight left along with uh, Alex Newhook and uh, Matt Boldy, but I think there's a bigger issue going on with Boston College hockey, and you have to wonder... If it if it's if there's if it's a big thing that needs to have some change looked at, right? So the first thing I wanted to say, like you're looking at the hockey team, and you this year is bad, right? They're not playing well. There's not a, there's not a lot of high end scoring talent on that team. 
the, the goaltender. I mean, Eric Dopp had a nice game against uh, B, uh, B. Sorry, Northeastern on Monday, but he's had some really tough games too. So you don't have a top end goalie, but the game, the team themselves have not been constructed very well recently. Just remember last year, like this team came in scorching hot into. Uh, the Hockey East Tournament, they end up losing, I think, in like the second or third round of the Hockey East Tournament. They get smoked by uh, Ferris, Ferris Bueller State, Ferris State in the in the tournament, or St. Cloud State, excuse me. And the big issue is that Boston College is super young. Now, Boston College has been recruiting the same way they always have been recruiting. They're getting these top blue-chip hockey players that are going in the first and second round, like New, New Hook and Boldy. But other schools, they're building veteran talent. And you see schools like UMass Lowell, who's the top team in the Hockey East right now. On that team are 23-year-olds, 22-year-olds, playing against BC, who's 18 and 18 years old. That's a big difference. I mean, remember how young you felt as an 18-year-old versus how 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 much older you felt like the second year you were out of college, third year you were out of college. It's a big difference. So, Maybe Jerry York's recruiting strategy has, has has failed. I mean, he tried to it looks like he tried to address that this year. I mean, he went out and got Eric Dopp, who's been around for a while, and Brandon Cruz has been around for a while. Last year he brought in Jack Sanavani in. You know, he's brought in some guys, but it doesn't have the same feel. Like, how long has it been since Boston College has felt like the bullies of hockey East? This it, you just don't have that feeling right now, and so it begs the question: Is it time for York to kind of hang it up? And I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not saying Boston College should force him out ever. I I I am on, of the mind that Jerry York has earned the right to leave whenever the heck he wants to. You can't just say, oh well, you know, you're not performing at the level we want this year, so Jerry, peace out. But maybe York himself is thinking, you know what? I'm 76. I'm going to be 77 years old next year. Uh, you know, maybe it's time to just to, 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 to take a break. And who could blame him? I mean, the guy's been a coach for 40 years, 50 years. Like, enjoy your retirement, man. Like, maybe it's that time. And I'm not saying, again, I am not saying Boston College needs to move on from him. I love Jerry York. And I will always have an affinity of him as a head coach. And all the things that he's done, he's been the perfect ambassador for college hockey from the school from Chestnut Hill. And he's, you know, I love listening to him talk in his thick Boston accent. But, you know, it just starts to feel like, you know, Jack Parker for BU had had his moment too, right? Where like BU wasn't playing all that well, and he was like, "Yeah, I think it's time for me to go." Has has York hit that spot? You have to wonder if maybe he's starting to think about it, right? You know, he, BC is 0-9 this, this month, or, or since the beginning of 2022. And this is the longest losing streak of Jerry York's career with Boston College. Jerry York has been with BC for 30 years. And this is the worst he's done. That's not going to be easy for a coach that's been used to winning. Now, he, you listen to the bean pot, and you listen to what he said before and after, he still sounds exactly the same. The guy has is, is resilient. He doesn't He doesn't care. But you know, when you're when you're losing, you're not playing well. It, it doesn't impact you. You you hear any good coach, any good player, they put in so much effort into these games, coaching, the strategy, the the emotional piece. To have them fall apart like that, 
it's tough. And when you're hitting the age that he's at, it can be tough too. So, I mean, I'm just saying we're hitting that time where, you know, Tom Brady just retired. You know, it would it surprise me at any point if Jerry York was like, you know what? I think I'm done. I, it wouldn't. Would it surprise you? I don't think so either. So I, I think it's just something to think about. Maybe, you know, every every good thing comes to an end and maybe this is the time. We're getting to that time where Jerry York is going to say that this is this has been great. Let's let's rename, you know, Conti Forum the Jerry York Arena and, and move on from there. But thank you all for listening. On tomorrow's show, we're going to continue talking about BC football, hockey, recruiting. Hopefully we have some transfer news, so you want to check that out. If you haven't done so already, I saw a whole bunch of you, again, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. But if you haven't done so, go over to YouTube.com, hit Locked On Boston College, type that in. Just go type it in right now. You'll see the, the logo for our show, and there's a little subscribe button in red. Hit it. All you have to do, it's done. And it helps this podcast tremendously. And if you're listening, listen to it on YouTube. If you can do that, that 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 helps the podcast as well. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow the Twitter account at LockedOnBC for the site. And I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Check out my work there. We'll be back again tomorrow for another show. Have a good one, everyone. Take care.